This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. When you get into the playoffs, you can't play like the way we did today. It's as simple as that. You can't. Uh, we got to get in the playoffs, and we've got to learn before we get there that you get a 2 nothing lead, you keep playing the right way, you keep playing the same way, and we didn't. And we, we started making poor percentage plays. To me, that's self-inflicted. Head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, Rick Bonus. Uh, there in, in uh, following the 7-4 defeat of the Vancouver Canucks last night at Canada Life Centre. Fifth win in a row for the Winnipeg Jets. First time they've won five in a row since, I don't know. 2018, Jim 2018, Tuff. that 2018. long. 2018. You think the players in the room after that game said, come on, coach, we're just doing that for the fans Sunday yeah. afternoon. Mm-hmm. We're not going to play like that in the playoffs. We just want to be entertaining. 11 goals. <laughs> come on, coach. It's just against the Vancouver Canucks. You've seen those guys play? Come on. Cut us a break, coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming up, the Winnipeg Jets will look to extend that winning streak to six games when they take on the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, four o'clock pregame show. Puck drop at six. Uh, Derek Taylor will be filling in, of course, for Kelly Moore right here on 680 CGOB. Text the show 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Tomorrow as well, Jim, will be game 41. Midway point of the season. Absolutely. Halfway there. So get your thoughts in on the season, 204-780-6868. And that's going to be my first question for our uh, guest today. Wonderful to have him on the program. Bob Irving, Hall of Fame broadcaster with us. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Hey, Bob. I'm Jim. How are you guys? Excellent. Good to have you. Happy Monday. Yeah, same to you. So uh, thoughts, halfway point of the season, Bob, uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, what what, what, What strikes you immediately? Well, who would have predicted it, first of all? You know, I, I think we were all anxious to see what Rick Bonus and Scott Arneal and the new coaching group would do, but uh, here they sit uh, with 53 points after 40 games. They're second in their division, just a point behind Dallas. They have, and this is the one that strikes me, the second-best goals against in the entire 32-team NHL at 2.58. Only Boston is better. And again, that's the the one stunning stat for me. And of course, that's what Bonus talked about when he was hired. Was and we all knew this. They had to play a more disciplined defensive game, but he's got them doing it. Uh, so yeah, it's been a remarkable almost first half of the season. Now the stretch coming up, eight of nine on the road, is going to be a a real tester. But you know, we've got a pretty good idea through forty games of what this team can do. We're not talking about a ten or fifteen game sample. This is almost a half season sample, and we've all seen teams have poor first halves and great second halves and vice versa. So, you know, there's still a long way to go here, but I think we can accept the the reality that these Jets are for real and they can play well defensively. And now that they have their big guns all back, and we saw that yesterday, you guys are kidding around about Rick Bonus scolding them <laughs> the way they played. But here's the thing. Bonus can't and won't let them get comfortable playing that way. Nope. So, yeah, they won 7-4, to four and... You know, it was wildly entertaining, and the, and the fans loved it, and they won the game, right? And games like that are going to happen. I don't care how you play in 82-game season. You're going to have off games. So Bonus could have easily rationalized that, but he is not going to, he, he's not going to give up reminding his team that you have to play the way we've played 
for the first 39 games, most of the time, if we're going to continue to have success. And he will continue to beat that drum, and so he should. Another th- another thing, Bob, that, that Bonus was talking about, just to go along with your um, your, your goals uh, against that there, second in the league, the Winnipeg Jets, and this was something that Rick Bonus he, he circled on the whiteboard beforehand, more points from the defense. Uh, the Jets right now tied in points uh, with the New York Rangers uh, for second place in points from defensemen. That's a big part of this turnaround. Well, it's been massive, and Josh Morrissey, of course, is having a, you know, the season of his lifetime, 46 points in 40 games. The only surprising thing about yesterday's game was the Jets scored seven goals, and he didn't have a point. Uh, but, man, he's on a pace for almost 100 points, and I don't know if he can keep that up or not. Uh, chances are he can't, but he's also plus 11. He logs big minutes. He's just uh, the leader of the pack back there, but you're right, Cam. They did emphasize... The defense getting more involved in the attack, and we see that every game. We see it every game where Neil Pionk and, uh, moves up. Of course, he's always done that a little bit, but more from Brendan Dillon and Dillon DeMello and, and you know the people like that who are more your stay-at-home types, and they've been encouraged by Bonus to take some chances because then he's counting, Bonus is counting on the forwards, backing up the defensemen when they move into the offensive zone. And like I say, it's worked, uh, it's worked beautifully, again, beyond the expectations really of anybody. Bob, I wanted to ask you specifically about Rick Bonus. You've known him a long time, including when he was here originally with the Jets player coach and assistant coach. Uh, what you're hearing from him, has that changed at all in his coaching? Because I agree with you, he's holding him accountable. And he's probably more so than ever, and not to you know knock any other coach that's been here, but and to take away the eloquently way of speaking, but he walks the walk and talks the talk. Like he yeah. said what he was going to do at training camp. He's done it. And, and he keeps holding them accountable in the same fashion that he started the season with. Well, you're right, Jim. I go back to his early years here when I you know, was around the rink every day when he was there. And he hasn't changed a bit, in my view. Now he's been behind an NHL bench for 2,600 games. So he's obviously learned a lot over those years. But what you see is what you get with Rick Bonus, And that, to me, is the beauty of him. Uh, and he's he's not a dictator with the players. He doesn't play mind games or anything like that. He's a positive guy who can tell you that you have played poorly or done something wrong in a way that won't get you upset, right? He can scold you without yelling at you. And that's that positive reinforcement that he brings. So I, when they hired him, I said, you know, you're going to get a guy that will be demanding, but he'll be demanding in a way that the players can easily buy in. And I think that's what we're seeing from him. And, you know, you talk to players around the league, and we've all heard from them who've played for Rick Bonus. They say the same thing. So I think it's great. I'm so happy for him and Scott Arneal. These guys have deep connections to this franchise from way back. They're good people, and they want nothing more than to, to bring this team up into, you know, a, a sort of a stature where the National Hockey League has respect for the franchise. And, boy, I tell you what, they're halfway there, aren't they? No, he's been, uh, Bonus has been a revelation and he's been exactly what this team needed. Yeah, Bob, to me, it's it's the way he communicates with the players. Sure. And it's the, the sort of that immediate amount of respect. Yeah. Like, it's like he'll sit down next to them in a locker room, and, and he'll tell them exactly what they need to say. And he, he won't blindside them, but he'll, he's going to be honest. And, and it's going to be for the best for the, the best thing for the player and the best thing for the team. And when he's critical publicly of the players, as he was after the game yesterday, he will have said that in the locker room after the game. I was thinking about some of the parallels between him and Mike O'Shea and the way they go about their business. Mm-hmm. You know, they are, they are leaders of men. They command respect. But they don't have to haul anybody into their office and, 
you know, dress them down or that sort of thing. You, you very quietly, Mike always uses the term, we'll make corrections. Well, that's kind of what Bonus does too, and he does it in a way where the players all accept it. I remember, you know, Mark Shifley apparently had a bit of a falling out with Paul Maurice, and I think this is my opinion now. I think it was over Maurice benching him. There was a game last season where he, you know, he takes these long shifts, and he still does, although he's better at it. He loves to stay on the ice. He'd stay out there for two minutes every shift if you'd let him. Yeah. Uh, but Maurice uh, sat him down for a period of one game. You guys probably remember that. And you I know, Bob, we were talking about it just re- just uh, recently, Jim and I, about how that was sort of seemed to be the catalyst for their relationship sort yeah. of falling off. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't hear that part. So that's that <laughs> great that minds think my alike. View, that, that, that's where the kind of the rift occurred because that would have Shifley wouldn't have liked that. And I don't know that Bonus would ever benchmark Shifley because when you do that, I recall at the time when I said, "Wow, when the head coach sits a player of that caliber and stature down." That's a very risky move to make. Um, anyway, I don't think Bonus will ever go down that road. And, you know, and he'll tell Mark Shifley, look, come on, man, you're staying out there too long. And Shifley will go, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right, coach. Uh, I'll stop doing that. As much as I don't want to, I'll stop doing that. So, yeah, he's been uh, he's been terrific. And I, I'm so happy for him and Scott, again, because they, they just have you know a real connection to this franchise, and it's a wonderful thing to see. Anything stand out to you from the first half that you think the Jets need to do more of or just consistent of or get better at, Bob, in order to make sure the second half goes as well as the first? Well, when you're seconding goals against, you know, there's not a lot of room for improvement there, Jim. Um, You know, I think, again, they have to be careful. When they had all those players out, they were kind of grinding games out, right? They'd get a couple of goals from their top guns and some of the back-end guys, too. But now they were playing that defensive sort of game that uh, I know Rick Bonus would love to see them play. Now you got all the big shooters back, all the big gunners, uh, and they're going to want to score some goals, right? That's what uh, makes players happy, especially those forwards who are used to scoring. So reining that in, I think, uh, is going to be the challenge for Rick Bonus as the second half goes along. And then you've got Connor Hellebuck. And uh, I was thinking about this, too, the other day. Imagine... If the Toronto Maple Leafs or Edmonton Oilers had a goalie, had Connor Hellebuck, mm. where would they be? They'd probably be first place in their in their divisions uh, because of the goaltending that Hellebuck provides. The Jets are so lucky, so lucky to have this guy uh, because great goaltending can make up for many errors that you make. But so I would just say if they can stay healthy and keep, in particular, Mr. Hellebuck, from uh, any sort of injury, and I know people don't like to hear anybody say that because they feel it jinxes. I don't, I don't believe. I don't believe but no, they just they have to stick to their knitting. Boy, there's an old term. I'm aging myself there, which is to play the way Rick Bonus wants them to play within that structure. Yeah, you're going to score goals, especially with the defense on the attack, the way these guys are, and with the natural ability that the, those forwards have. The scoring will be there. The key is then to keep the defensive game in check. And I think this second half could be pretty exciting. In this next stretch, eight of nine on the road, boy, if they can get through that in decent shape, you know, they're going to have a good year. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of all those teams they passed up on uh, Connor Hellebuck. He was a fifth round pick yeah. uh, back in 2012, and uh, who was a sixth round pick in 2012? Linus Allmark, 163rd overall, taken by the Buffalo Sabers. Yeah, and how yeah. about the Buffalo Sabers? They've turned into a very interesting squad to watch with. Cage Thompson scoring like the second coming of, I don't know who, but uh, (laughs) there's lots of great stories in the NHL this year, and I'm following it the way I always did when I was gainfully employed. (laughs) Uh, I guess you just, you know, you can't give it up once it's ingrained, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Abs- absolutely. Are, are you can. enjoying that a little bit more, Bob? I mean, I know you loved your work, and and we're prime examples right now of love covering a team in a season and seeing all the storylines and how it unfolds. But it's a different way of of keeping up to date. Maybe um, not having to to cover it. Are you enjoying it a little bit differently? Yeah, I, I think so, Jim. I had somebody say to me the other day we were talking about the Jets, and they said, oh, "Are you still interested in that?" And I said, "Look." First of all, I'm a sports fanatic, right? And secondly, I've, I've made my life's work doing this, and I've enjoyed doing it. Uh, and so you just don't, that just doesn't leave you. No, I'm a sports fan. Gosh, uh, I watch everything on the weekend, the NFL, the golf, the hockey. Uh, I don't know what else was there. Uh, <laughs> I know that Novak Djokovic won a ter- tennis tournament uh, uh, beating uh, Seb Korda who is the son of a former tennis great and whose two sisters play on the LPGA Tour. And there you go. I'm just a fountain of knowledge here. And I, I got lots of time, Jim, to watch sports. And so that's what I do. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Bob. I don't have the time and I love well, watching I know, I, just as much. So that's I ran great. into Bob. I ran into you at the, at the, at the IG field. And you and I asked you, of course, is he enjoying retirement? He just went, Oh yeah. So <laughs> I was, of course I was happy to hear that. Bob, you take care. Okay. Hall of fame. Uh, uh, great here. Great bo- broadcaster. Great friend of the program as well. Bob Irving, Bob, thanks so much. You take care. Okay. Okay anytime. All the best, Bob. All right. uh, We'll take a break. We'll come back. 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. Get some of your guys' text messages. Um, uh, We're having a little bit of issue with the the texting thing. So I I, I got them here on my phone. I was able to pull them out. I think it's it's working Oh, it just started to work. Okay, perfect. By the way, Bob's second favorite artist is Nickelback. You know, he's kind of a Katy Perry, Whitney Houston kind of guy. Him and Ed Tate and Randy Turner and all the guys used to sit around and man, this back then it was new. This new Nickelback is killer. Oh yeah, this is uh, some OG Nickelback. This is before yeah. Silver Side Up. Yeah, before they some, hit big. That's a great. This tune. is old Southern Alberta. Five bucks gets you in to see Nickelback bar <laughs> scene. Nickelback. We'll come right back. We'll get your text messages on 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Uh, we'll both give you our thoughts on the halfway point. For the season for the Winnipeg Jets. You don't want to miss that. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the show. Jets at noon. Cameron Poitras, Jim Toth. Sarah, don't go running off so fast. Hi, Sarah. How was your weekend? <laughs> it was good. How was yours? I saw you trying to sleuth you out of the there. saw the chair turning away. Yeah, there was a quick run out the door. <laughs> Starting to do your cast with the door open on the <laughs> news suite. That's weird. How was your no, weekend? it's not. It what was did you good. Get up to? One yeah. foot out the door. I hung out with my cousin. She was flying back to school. So where does your cousin go to school? She goes to school in Guelph. Oh, so shout out to Guelph, home of the Griffins. <laughs> yes, yeah. the Guelph Griffins. Uh, Kyle Walters, alma mater, a general manager of the Winnipeg yeah. Blue Bombers. Did you know that, Sarah? I did not. Was a wide receiver there. <laughs> also, Justin Dunk. Frequent guest of the yes, Jim Till Show is uh, quarterback for the Griffins, Sarah. There we go. Hope you guys had a good weekend as well. Oh, we're getting shut down. Yeah, you too, Sarah. <laughs> had a great weekend. You. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, had a good time. Take care. Thank weekend you very much. Weekend was all right. Sir. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate it. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. The Winnipeg Jets approaching the halfway point of the season. The Detroit Red Wings... Uh, well, the, they're going to the Jets are going to be visiting the Detroit Red Wings tomorrow. That'll be Game Forty One. Asked you, uh, what are your thoughts so far on the Winnipeg Jets in in, in 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 this season so far and the halfway point? What's to come and what's in the past? Now, Alex says, if we were told at the beginning of the year that the Jets would have twenty six or twenty seven wins by the midway point of the year, zero percent of people would have agreed. I had them in the top three in the division. 
Well, it's like Jim. It's like last Everybody, year. Everybody, I think, had wild card, and people were shocked that I was. I I didn't have them fighting for the lead. I thought that was going to be Colorado. Yeah, but I didn't think Colorado would be this injured. But I I legitimately. But again, I go back to last year. I had them as a top ten team in the National Hockey League. They're yeah. number seven in the league right now. I, I'm not trying to, you know, toot my own horn. I'm just saying I with this roster, they and the talent and skill they have, and Hellebuck. I always thought they were a top three in their division. They would not be. They would be higher than a wild card. I thought if they would have made the division at the beginning of the year, and I'll, I'll be just be honest, I was insanely um, pessimistic heading into the season. Then I went. We covered training camp a couple times there, Jim, you and yeah. I, and I was talking to some of the players. I got to see what it was like on the ice, what the workout was like, the training, yeah. the training camp, what Rick Bonus was saying. Got to hear more from him, and I really started to build my confidence in this team being able to turn it around. So at the beginning of the year, I, I mean, maybe twenty six or twenty seven wins. Maybe I didn't think, according to our, our texture here, Alex. Maybe I didn't think it would be. Um, 26 or 27, but I th- definitely thought they would be in the conversation. But 53 points midway through the season, um, hitting it up and a, and a chance for 55 and extend this winning streak to six games. Um, yeah, I think everybody would tick that box at the beginning of the season if that was given an option. So they have 53 points in 40 games. So that tells you they're on pace for 106 mm-hmm. minus tomorrow's game. So they get a win tomorrow. They're on pace for 108 points. Yeah. Now, things can go wrong. Things can, as much as they won five in a row or trying to get six, I mean, we just came off a three-game losing streak. They're mm-hmm. going to have another tough period. They're going to have enough gr- another grind in the yeah. second half where they might lose four or five in a row. Hopefully, they can limit that to three. And bar an injury. Now, I know this team um, just came through a massive number of injuries, relatively unscathed. Um, but we all to, know to, what, their, to the credit of the depth of this organization and the defense, right. as well as goaltending. Not not to forget yeah, that. Yeah, and the and the system. Like I think they got a couple system wins, like that two one overtime win over uh, Nashville, and then going to Vancouver. I know they won five one, I think, before Christmas. But that to me was they they got up one nothing, two nothing, three nothing, four nothing, and never got away from the style mm-hmm. that they were playing. So I think that that's you know indicative of of what the way they need to play, even with some reinforcements coming in. But look, I, I give a lot of credit to Rick Bonus, Scott O'Neill, Brad Lauer, Johnson, all those, the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. The penalty kill isn't talked about enough. Yeah, The penalty kill under Paul Maurice had always been a problem and always been in the bottom 20, the bottom 10 of the league, 10 to 12. I think it's third now. I'm going to look this up, but yeah. it is. It was it was four for a while, then f- fifth overall. Just to be in the top ten, I'll get it here in two seconds. Drastic I'll turnaround. get it here in two seconds. Okay. Is a drastic turnaround for this team, but I, I think fifth, wi- it's fifth in the league right now. Eighty-two point nine percent behind Dallas, um, who's in fourth. And a big part of your penalty kill is always your goaltending. So yeah. it just like a, the number one question we were asked, or at least I was, but I know we were on this show throughout the summers that wore on, is what makes you think this team with these players can run this back again and they said and then the question started once training camp started is coaching you know coaching look the old coach said it the new coach said it the players have said it 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 needed a new voice yeah um i i give bonus credit the system he brought is the one from dallas with a heavy four check and two in and, and one high and stuff i like the way he put the lines together um, so again, it, it's just it, coaching deserves a lot of this credit, but uh, 
because of it is this is a talented team and we all have seen the core of these players year in year out for a number of years now so we we develop these kind of I guess predetermined notions that this is what this player is this is what that player mm-hmm. is and it doesn't matter the player like we know the the usual whipping boys but um there's other the other ones yeah. too like even the the more prominent players like Ehlers has his detractors mm-hmm. um there's something to be said about and I, I met up here Luke Dubois detractor over the over the at the yeah. game against Tampa look at the season he's having yeah, I mean, that's a tough one after so, he puts in four assists and he was fantastic against Tampa. I think the management of this organization deserves a lot of credit for sitting down, trying to make some moves, and then bringing in a head coach that they knew that regardless if they did make a move or two or not, mm-hmm. that this would be the right guy, which they yeah. were correct on. And then lastly, seeing the moves that they were offered were not going to make this roster on paper better than it already was and run it back again. I want to pause on that, Jim, and I want to come back to something here. You saw a team that was very much dedicated to what was going on against Tampa on Friday night. And then you see the game against Vancouver that was yesterday afternoon, right? You see, uh, and this is just my vision of what happened, Jim, and, and, and definitely I want to get your thoughts on this. You saw a team that came out, the Winnipeg Jets, they they knew that they were a better team than the Vancouver Canucks, which they obviously are. That was made evident once again. The Vancouver Canucks are not a good team. They stink. Um, they come out, they score twice, they 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 the, the game gets tied, they turn it on again, they fall also off the gas again, the game gets tied again at fourth, and then Axel Janssen Fellaby scores. I mean, at the end of the second period. And then from then on, I had no doubt in my mind heading into that third period, the Winnipeg Jets were going to wrap that up. But, but you know, what, what does that, is that a concerning thing? Is that something that goes through your head? It's like, you know, the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, it's like all of a sudden, the all the players are back on the ice and they know that they can outscore their opponent. Well, I, I think games like yesterday are going to happen. Yeah. And and I like what you said during our break after talking with Bob about the idea that this was the old Jets, that this is, you know, some of the defensive woes. Mm-hmm. Look, I thought David Riddich had a really bad first two periods and then played yeah. well in the third. So some of it was goaltending, but some of the defensive play and leaving of guys open – um, we've seen before. This is a team that yeah. when everybody's healthy thinks that they can score six or seven goals a game and don't care if they give up four or five. Um, I don't think that's going to happen with, with Rick Bonus. I will say this, though. Fast forward four years from now, if Rick Bonus is still here, mm-hmm. what he is preaching will get old. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the whole idea of the shelf life of the coach, that most coaches – um, it, we talked about John Cooper. We're going to talk on Friday and we didn't. I think John Cooper needs like four Jack Adams. And <laughs> yeah. here's why. To keep that team, and they're finding out this year, like they've had some bad games, like against the Jets, where, you know, you heard John Cooper post game on Friday. I did, yeah. Where he said the Jets just waited to do for us to make mistakes and be undisciplined, and then we were. So full credit to the Jets. But what he was doing was bashing his own team. Mm-hmm. For to to have that team go to three straight Stanley Cup finals, people have to remember what it's like when the team is already in first place in the division at the end of January and the beginning of February, two Stanley Cups in their back pocket, and get them to fire on all cylinders on a Tuesday night in Arizona. Like it's just it's tough, and I've always thought that. If you have a bad hockey team, that's not the toughest coaching job. The mm-hmm. toughest coaching job is when you have a really good hockey team that's already won and try to get more out of them or get them as dialed in as they mm-hmm. were when they were hungry. 
And so I think John Cooper's a phenomenal coach. Uh, but he said it himself that, you know, until he won that cup, when they lost to Columbus and were swept, there was only one way he was going to keep his job past that year. And he admits that himself is I got to win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. We've got to do it or else I'm gone. Yeah. And so I think Rick Bonus deserves a ton of credit, but five years from now, what Rick Bonus is preaching will be old as well. So you got to take advantage of it now, and it's working, and I think the players are happy, and, and I think Rick's happy, although not yesterday, and it's going to be a fine line. He's going to keep going down this route until you know, two years from now, one of these guys, if they're all still here, might not like the fact that he doesn't have as much ice time or isn't on the number one power play. (laughs) And then Rick's got to manage that. But right now, everything he does is golden because it's working. 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. Text the show. This one, uh, this one says, boys, uh, hi, gentlemen. I, for one, had zero confidence heading into the season that this team was going to do well. I think the best move they made was changing all coaches, assistants, and head coach uh, instead of just the head coach, which was, which was exactly where you were coming from there, Jim. New system, new views, and new voices have seen, has seemed to revive many. Keep it up. Thanks a lot for that. So the texter says, hey, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're both geniuses in reference to us both thinking um, at the beginning of the year that the Winnipeg Jets uh, were going to be a playoff team and perhaps a Central Division team as well. We can go back. We're not geniuses, to, but we if, can we, go back if we said to, they weren't going to be a playoff team, we'd be hearing about well, it. Like, listen, listen, and this is from Dave, who... I, well, I love Dave. He's yeah, my favorite Dave guy. Dave texts us when the one game Wheeler was minus three and never again about Wheeler <laughs> because Wheeler's having a great season. Yeah. But I, um, you know what? You can go back in the tape, and I, I thought that the Winnipeg Jets were going to finish third in the Central. That was where I was. Um, that's exactly where I was. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. This from another uh, Dave, Cam, and Jim. I'm expecting the Jets to look for another goaltender if Helly gets injured. They're in trouble. Yes, I realize the same can be said for most teams. Yeah, uh, David Riddick did not have a good first two periods. He's got to make a save there. He's got to make a play. I'm willing to give him that one on the power play because it's a tip I'm, I'm just because of how those can change directions I'm, I'm willing to give the goaltender most goaltenders uh, depending on how they go the benefit of the doubt on that but he's got to jump on some of those pucks uh, and, yeah. and that third that third goal that's flat out he's got to make that save 100% he's got to hit that one yeah, um, I wasn't impressed with his first two first two yeah, periods. He was at all. he he evened it out in the third period. I, I he had a I, great I third the, period. Yeah, he definitely did. But man, he needed to give the team a, a third period because he spotted them a couple of goals. I'm not saying the Jets were fantastic in in front of him yesterday, um, but uh, yeah, I mean David Reddick needs to needs to be needs to be better in a in a backup position, particularly in those first two periods. Because if it was if that was against Tampa, uh, it would have ended up in an L. That's what the outside I've been hearing from yeah. outside our market. Um, like from I did Vancouver radio on Friday and so people are asking about Riddick and heaven forbid kind of like Bob said and I said well you know the way this team plays is but um I I've I've been happy with the way David Riddick has played up until yesterday I haven't been ecstatic or going oh this is perfect or anything like I've that I've been content but, I've been content yeah that's with what it. I mean yeah, I, yeah. With, with this team playing 12 to 15 games a year and the way this team plays in front of goaltenders he'll be fine and then yesterday happened. But again, give him credit in the third period. I, It felt like a game that they were going to have to score seven um, because Vancouver was going to get six. And credit to him, he shut the door after four and in the third period. Yeah. Uh, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. I love seeing La- this from Andre. I love seeing Lowry on Shifley's wing. Would love to see them and Wheeler on 
on a line together. Well, I think you, you're seeing Blake Wheeler and Cole Perfetti back. It's going to take him a couple more games. That line has been dynamite uh, in the past. And I, I would say I thought Shifley and Lowry were starting to develop some pretty good chemistry together. Uh, but Lowry's spot is on that third line at center. That's where he's the most impactful. That's where he needs to stay because um, that's where you're going to get him the most is a checking line that goes out there and takes care of business. Well, and credit to Rick Bonus too, because when these injuries were here, he found some things. Like, I don't think Kevin Stenlin is going anywhere. I thought he played great again yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also think like he experimented for the first time that I've seen that Lowry was up on the wing on the second line and I thought that looked good too so what all this does is there's options now there's things mm-hmm. that you can look at there's things that in certain matchups you can might do that again but um, you know I, and we saw Sam Gagne be a healthy scratch a couple times maybe that's an option if somebody else goes down mm-hmm. but and Ehlers is just I mean, we thought he was going to have a dynamic year at the start. He only got into two games. He had three points in two games. And then what <laughs> he has he done to, in the last two? He was two? lucky to score that goal, but he made a great pass to KC there. Yeah, he, he does. He loves those um, blind seam passes. I love what he said after. Because did you know, did you see Connor there? He goes, no, I just knew he would be there. I've seen that before where they needed to tie a game against San Jose late. And Tyler Myers was thought he was going to throw it on the net. And he did that seam pass. But look, <laughs> Ehlers, is, yeah. this team is healthy. It has options. And I just think like 41 games tomorrow night against Detroit, it's it's a top 10 team in the National Hockey League. we got to take a break. We'll head off uh, real quick here, Jim. This text, this one from Dom. Uh, should we be talking about the Jets as the best Canadian team as we uh, head into a break here? Uh, Toronto, who would have thought about, uh, who would have thought after last year's disaster, are the Jets the best Canadian team? It's between them or Toronto. Toronto's... I don't think Toronto has the goaltending has been fine. The, Toronto doesn't have the defensive play. The, I, their bad goaltending is starting. Do to they come have back. the depth? Mm. The forward depth? I don't think so. I, I'm always surprised that Toronto, and maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't give them. Uh, so I, maybe I should give them more credit because they they're constantly doing better than I expect them to do each year. Um, but, well, don't get me wrong; they're a playoff team. I just yeah. Are they getting through Tampa Bay or and or Boston? Well, again, it comes down to why we think the Jets, are the Jets the best Canadian team? I think so because of Hellebuck. I, I think just you can based- break down the defense, the forwards, the depth, and all that. But goaltending, they're a step above any other team yeah, in the. In the if, if you eliminate Canada. goaltending, which you can't do when you're looking at a at a hockey team, but if you take goaltending out of it, I don't know. Maybe Toronto is better. The Leafs play Boston, Tampa Bay in the first round. Vasilevsky and Olmark. Are you winning that series? You could. Don't get me wrong. We've seen upsets uh, yeah, before, but. Uh, I wouldn't put money on it. We'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Uh, several of the texters here um, jump into the defense of David Riddick. Uh, this texter says there were two tips, no chance on either. While it was not his best game, remember Bucky often lets one weak goal and we could be a lot off worse, uh, a lot off worse with uh, with another backup. Uh, this text, one, this one from Bob. Yes, Riddick struggled yesterday against the Canucks. He needs to play more. Um, he needs to play more often, not less. And this one from uh, David, if the backup goalie doesn't get enough playing time, it's going to take a period or so for him to get into the groove. you got to play him more often. I would just say that's the role of the backup goaltender. you got to be ready to go when your name is called, and you're not going to get consistent starts. And if you want the best out of Connor Hellbuck, he loves to play. He needs to play more. He yeah. always plays great after a loss. He, like, look at his resume. So I, I do think, like, if the original plan was to play him, Connor Hellbuck, 65 games mm-hmm. and um, have 
or maybe 67, 70. I think the plan is to play him 68 to 70 games. That's mm-hmm. what Connor Hellebuck likes. Originally out of the gate. Now that might change. If if the original plan was 15 to 17 for David Riddick, I think if this season continues to go well, I think you might see him play two, three, four more games than what the original plan was. Yeah. But the season has to continue to go well. And like to me, I, I get it. I, I don't sit down and plan my season to get the best out of my backup. I yeah. sit down and plan my season and the work and the number of games to get the best out of my starter. And if my starter needs more rest, then I give it to him. If he doesn't and he plays better when he plays more often and consistently, then I do it that way. And I think Connor Hellebuck's a guy that he's a guy that wants to play every single game mm-hmm. and, and and has consistently said that he plays better. He's also pretty good on back-to-backs. Well, I, I'm, we're going to talk about this tomorrow. Yeah. So I think you might see him in a back-to-back situation coming up here in, in um, Pittsburgh and, and Buffalo later on this week. David Riddick, 10 games so far. Uh, this uh, 10 games so far this season, six wins, four losses. Um, goals against average 2.75, save percentage 905, which which isn't bad for a backup goaltender as long as he stays above um, a save percentage of 900 and he keeps his goals against average below three and he stays above 500 in his wins loss, you'll take that from a backup. He's got to stay above 500. And again, that's a big part of that is the guys playing in front of him and supporting him. But as long, but if your backup is going out there and he's playing above 500, I, I don't think that you can have much to complain about. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. That's it for me. I'll be back. Jim Toth will take the show all the way until 3 o'clock. Fun stuff to talk about at the midway point of the season. Yeah, absolutely. More, Better than the alternative. Oh, who they like trade last year? Me and Who you can just, they get for? Me and you just yelling at each other about Shifley and Wheeler. That was a lot of fun. At least from we're my not, house. At least and... we're not breaking down the Canucks today. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> the Canucks—they stink. Uh, thanks, to Jeffrey Forte, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Jets at noon on six eight CJOB.